Welcome to the Workforce One Podcast, brought to you by Advanced Minnesota, the customized training and continuing education arm of the colleges of the Northeast Higher Education District, Northwest Technical College, and Bemidji State University. This is a podcast all about workforce and economic development in Greater Minnesota. We hope to use it as a platform to promote our own workforce training that we provide on behalf of our colleges and universities. But also, we want to bring on guests and engage in conversations that will highlight regional companies and individual leaders that help drive the economy of our region. So, without any further ado, Workforce One is about to take off. All right, welcome to the Workforce One podcast. I'm Trent Janicich, and today... I have a very special guest, uh, Tamara Loney, who is the president of the Itasca Economic Development Corporation, is here with us, and we're going to discuss all things economic development. So, Tamara, thanks a lot for being here. Thanks for having me, Trent. I appreciate it. So, IEDC, so we, we have in workforce development and in economic development all around the region, we have lots of acronyms. So can you get, tell our audience um, what IEDC is, uh, what your mission and, and vision and values are, and uh, we'll kind of jump in. Tamara has a ton of stuff for the, for the listeners. She has a ton of stuff that, uh, that she'll be talking about today. Uh, she's very, very active and has a lot of irons in the fire, to say the least. So Tamara, tell us what IEDC is. So um, IEDC is Itasca Economic Development Corporation, and we do um, a real combination of things in Itasca County. So I think it, you said it best when you said we have a ton of things going on. And so for me today, it's it's really about trying to narrow it down to what I think people would be most interested in. Um, so in IADC, we serve Itasca County, obviously, but what a lot of people don't know is that we actually serve what we consider the Blandon footprint. So the communities of Hill City, Reamer, Black Duck, North Home, all of these border communities that really feed into what we consider sort of the grounds of polling people to work within the Itasca County area. Um, and we provide services that range from small business development all the way across the board to attraction and business retention. Uh, and now we're, we're dabbling in things like workforce development and, and really trying to pull forward some unique approaches to attracting people to our region. So tell us, since both of us are in the, in the workforce development space a little bit, so tell us what some of those uh, workforce development uh, sort of initiatives are. I know you have uh, I know you have a lot of startup entrepreneurship stuff, but what about workforce development? Well, workforce developments have really important, obviously, for us because we have a pretty big um, need for versus, you know, all kinds of workers, entry level workers, healthcare workers, manufacturers across the board. Uh, we need just about everything. And so we put together a lot of different things to try to focus on that. One of those is an effort called Thrive Up North. So you might have seen this in, in a more rural areas throughout Minnesota. They start to do these efforts where they're doing st storytelling and talking about people that have either relocated to their area or, you know, in my case, I moved back to the area. I grew up in this area and left in 1995, took off, came back in 2015. And I really love being home because, you know, I was ready to come home and start a family. So we started Thrive Up North in a, pro a public-private partnership. So that means that 
you know, cities like Cohasset and Grand Rapids and the county are all on board, but we also have funders like Paul Bunyan and Grand Itasca and, you know, partners that are in North Homes and healthcare and ASV with manufacturing. So they put money into this pool and we really started this sort of bottom-up effort to tell, do the storytelling effort. We hired a marketing firm to help us get the message out. Um, we do professional video and recordings, and we launch all that through social media. And we have targeted audiences that we're really gearing that towards. Uh, and now we've taken this to a whole new place where we're really in the early stages of researching how do we even grow that larger, right? So can we be attracting workforce that aren't necessarily traditionally in our region? Um, so maybe some immigrant communities, maybe looking at opportunities in, in minority groups that how do we attract them to come to our region? How do we attract new workforce to come to our region? And so Thrive Up North is going to take a big turn here in the near future where we try to engage with some professional um, services that work in rural areas to try to attract those minority groups. Um, and we're also putting together an incentive program. So some of our sister regions like Bemidji and, and those folks have put together some incentive packages to attract people like, oh, look, we'll give you some free broadband for a year or so while you're here or a discount on that. So Right now, our team is putting together that sort of incentive package to encourage people to move to the area. But as you know, I mean, there's no one-stop shop, right? We have to do all these efforts um, to try to get people here. And then, of course, on the flip side, we're trying to keep people here. Um, and so that is really the exciting, exciting project we've had going on this last year, which is the Forge. And I think, Trent, you came and visited the Forge, right? Yep, yep, correct, yeah. So um, the Forge really started uh, kind of as an interesting bootstrapping idea. IEDC is a, a nonprofit organization. So our mission has a couple of layers, right? So if you look at our core mission and values, it's all around education. And we have to provide education to small businesses. We have to provide education to you know, community members to help them grow and thrive. And so our mission, around our mission, all you can think about is how do we help that small business owner? How do we help those manufacturers grow in our area? Um, and we do a lot of that through the Small Business Development Center. But right now there's such a gap in workforce development and it is an all hands on deck. I mean, you guys are doing a great job. We have partners to the east of us doing initial initiatives and efforts, you know, in Southern Minnesota, there's everyone's trying to put their best foot forward in this area. Um, and we actually owned a building that we've owned for many, many years. And it's been what was supposed to be initially sort of a uh, incubator type space for ma manufacturers. And I, we had a great success story. Swan Machine was a manufacturer that came to our area. They needed a, a you know, a short-term home. They were in that building for a couple of years. And then they saw that they had a great workforce here and they worked with IRRR and they built themselves a building. And now they have, you know, two and three times the number of employees in that building here in, in our community. So we know that, that that model works, but we felt like we were really not hitting sort of the entry-level entrepreneur, more of the bootstrappers and the people that were trying to get going. And so one, uh, one side of that building came open early this year and our group thought, let's put together a space that is sort of like a maker space, but really an incubator space for these entrepreneurs. Um, but our board chair happens to be Bart Johnson from ICC. And yep. he said, well, look, you know, <laughs> he, you know how it is. Like there's a space issue, right? Like we have these great community colleges in our region great resources. 
why aren't we working together? Right. So Bart brings that to our table. And so when Bart started talking about the needs of ICC and some funding they had left over from IRRR, and I know we're throwing an acronyms out there like crazy, Trent, sorry. No, um, that's okay. But we, we started working with, with Bart on this concept of what if we brought in students into this environment? Um, and then we, you know, started working with NemoJet, right? So JET really brings this whole community aspect. How can we retrain people within our own community? And so we brought together the task force and we started bootstrapping it. Oh, I think we got a little money here and we have a little money there and we can renovate and kind of make it work as we go. Um, and as things happen, there was a USDA grant called RISE that is we're really focused on rural innovation and workforce development um, that came forward. And so I, I said, you know, let's go for it. Let's run through this process, see if we can be effective. It's super competitive. Um, and we're going to try to get this grant to see if we can really make this side of the building, um, a, you know, com combination workforce development, entrepreneurship and training environment that has access to the state of the art equipment. Um, and then lo and behold, we, re we received that RISE grant. We received 150,000 from our county. We received 50,000 from the Arrowhead Intelligent Region, and then 750,000 from this RISE grant um, on, on top of the IRRR money we had. So we were able to raise 1.1 million and really, you know, it's no longer a bootstrapping operation. It's now we can develop programming, we can get equipment, we can renovate the space, ensure the proper HVAC is in place. Um, and so that half of the building is really uh, about to be a home for workforce development, training, and um, opportunities for entrepreneurs in Itasca County, which is can just you cool. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about the, the why? So in Itasca County, there's, it's pretty unique in terms of um, maybe a gap in having manufacturing or, or skilled uh, talent in the manufacturing sector, machining sector. Can you talk a little bit about that? So there, there's, there's, there's a need out there. There's a need everywhere, right? Especially right now, but like Itasca County is pretty unique. Can you talk a little bit about what you've been hearing from, from employers and, and what that workforce need is a little bit? Right. Yeah. So one of our biggest, um, our largest employers is ASV, which is a manufacturer that's been around. Um, super cool story. I mean, you talk about entrepreneurship, this guy started his business up in Marcel, which is a tiny little town in north um, western Itasca County, and he grew that business into what is what it is today, which is you know close to 200 employees right here in our community, um, and it has since been bought out a couple of times. Now it's owned by Yanmar, a Japanese company that has a lot of interest in growing that facility. So Yanmar has made. Grand Rapids, their headquarters for the United States. Um, and they've shown a tremendous amount of interest in growing that property and, and adding employees, but they like every other manufacturer in our area are worried about workforce. And so we wanted to really bring something in that would complement that. And so one of our focal areas for the forge is training and welding um, and trying to bring people in to go through welding certification and training programs, which those do exist in our region, but if you can imagine someone coming to ICC, if they live on the east side of ICC and they're coming from Nashwalk and they need to go to Hibbing to use the welding equipment and facilities, not that big of a deal. But all of a sudden you're coming from Reamer, Longville, Deer River, you know, you're coming 
from quite a distance just to get to Grand Rapids in the first place. And now if you're going to complement that and get the certification, you're going to Hibbing, or in some cases, you're going to Alexandria. And so we, what happens is we're losing our workforce because we're taking that really great welder that's developing their skill that are from Itasca County and we're sending, sending them to Hibbing and we're sending them to Alexandria and then they're being recruited by the manufacturers that are there. And so all of a sudden, instead of having this nice homegrown population of well-educated and, and trained individuals through these programs, they're going away. And it's really hard to capture them and bring them back when they've been recruited by these other organizations. And so um, we've gotten the message loud and clear that we need to develop these talents. And you know, part of it is this big shift, right, Trent, from years of being told that everyone needs to go to college and it's not necessarily the right path to do these two years or, or even not have any um, after high school education. And I think you know this better than anyone that that has caused us to be in this huge um, hole of, oh my gosh, we don't have enough hands-on trades individuals. And there's such a, gra- a gap from you know, construction workers to pipeliners, to 49ers, to people working in manufacturing and welders. Um, it's just a huge gap. And so, you know, we, we try to put ourselves in this position where we are focused on people understanding all of their options. You know, college might be for you. That's great. If it's not, it's okay. You still have options um, in these industries and you can stay close to home and, um, and really contribute to your community. And, and I think a lot of people want to do that but sometimes they just don't feel like they have that option. Yeah. I think I speak for, for the, for the rest of my, our leadership team with uh, the colleges of the Northeast higher ed district, we're really excited about the forge. Um, and, and, you know, we're, we're kind of space locked as well. And so it's, it's how do we come up with creative solutions like this? And, and IEDC, I think in a way you guys represent, you kind of talked about this, that your member, your, your memberships pays money to you. And in a way that would be a great vehicle to, to provide some training. So uh, you almost have like an association that's being developed over there and of manufacturing companies, which would be uh, something really unique to leverage that and provide the, the just in time training that we need. I want to, um, I want to pivot a little bit from workforce development. So we talk a lot about um, talent pipeline and making sure that we have enough people and just in time training and stuff like that. So you at IEDC are are positioned to recruit businesses and Mm -hmm. you also are engaged with your Innovate 218 initiative, which is about starting up businesses. So the question for you is, tell me a little bit about all the work that you're doing around creating jobs, helping businesses grow, um, attracting businesses to the area. Um, and, and starting up businesses and small businesses. Cause that, that to me, the startup businesses is a, um, is a unique niche that I don't think that we pay enough attention to all across the region is how can we, how can we get people to take their idea from, um, a seed stage to something that's more commercialized and can grow. So what, what's IEDC doing in terms of recruitment and, and starting up businesses and growing businesses? Right. I'm glad you brought that up because Innovate has been such a big deal for our entire region. Um, IEDC 
is located in Itasca County. And we saw this opportunity come up with Launch Minnesota. So Minnesota has a big effort to lift up startups and to really focus on attracting startups and trying to get high tech businesses you know, across the finish line, because so many of these people never have the capital to really bring their idea to the market, or they don't have the expertise or training that they need. And so a couple of years ago, Launch Minnesota was started and Itasca County, um, we really felt like this was an opportunity that was missed. And so for an entire year, the Northeastern region didn't have any, any, you know, irons in the fire with Launch Minnesota. And IDC said, look, we can't do this for another year. We've got to be a launch partner. We've got to be a part of the, this network. There's too many opportunities we're missing. And we, with the support of our partners in the region said, let's go after it. Let's, let's do this and bring a task force together. So today we have more than 25 partners from the nine counties we serve, which is, which are sort of Northeastern counties. And then you add um, Pine, Kanabic and Mille Lacs to that, which are sometimes out of our zone. So it's been a new adventure for us inviting those folks in. Um, but it's been tremendous because we have partners from IRRR to Entrepreneur Fund and all these folks that are working with um, our small businesses, like our Small Business Development Center, um, and including those, of course. So we started working together to try to build a program that doesn't exist here, which, you know, in the small business centers, in Entrepreneur Fund and these different programs, we're really working with a business that's ready to go to the bank and start to get some funding. They need some business plan assistance. They need some marketing help. You know, maybe they really need someone to run their numbers for them so they make sense, kind of do that pulse check, right? But we just we just don't have a good institution in place that really looks after these folks that just have an idea and they need to understand how they take their idea to, uh, oh gosh, this could work or, maybe I need to go talk to a lawyer about a patent, or maybe I need someone to help me go through the steps of understanding whether or not there's a need for this idea. And so we really went out and looked for this. And thankfully, there were a few other regions already working with an organization called ILT Academy or ILT Studios. Um, and we started working with Nick Teets at that organization. And he just brought this immediate sense of energy to the room, right? He had the, he had the voice, he had the language, he had the excitement and the energy that entrepreneurs in that real entry level idea centric space need, want, and are looking for. Um, and, you know, we have a lot of great resources. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I'm really proud of the team that we have at IADC and the teams we have in our region, but as a whole, like regionally, we don't have enough people like Nick, right. That are really in that place where they understand, um, what that person with the idea is looking for and how to, how to really foster it. I think that's the bigger challenge for us is it's so easy for us to think about helping someone at a small business center because they're coming to us and they're asking for help. But in this case, we're trying to convince people that it's okay to fail. It's okay that your idea is not going to make it to the finish line. It is about taking the, you know, taking the risk to go through the process of understanding if your idea has merit and, and okay, that I didn't, idea didn't work, but here's the next idea. So we started working with Nick last year. We held a couple of workshops and right now we're in the middle of a nine week cohort, I should say towards the end of it, where they have worked uh, one night every week for nine weeks to really feed off other entrepreneurs, run through their ideas, learn how to pitch their idea, understand 
how to find resources. I mean, it's a super cool experience. We're running another cohort in January with Nick. It's all virtual. So they're just going into this virtual world. They're meeting other entrepreneurs and um, they're getting to present their ideas. So super cool. It, it's purposeful. It's uh, really meant to feed into this, this sort of pool of people that we haven't done a great job of reaching in the past. Um, and so that has all led up to us trying to develop more things for this group, right? This entrepreneurial group that needs that capital push. And so coming up in just a few weeks, we have our rink competition, which is the first um, regional pitch competition that we've held in the Northeast region. Um, we have $10,000 in prizes. We have five really cool judges from around the region, um, including Ryan Weber, who is a, a really early uh, stage, had, had a big business, had a lot of success as an entrepreneur, sold that business and has been angel funding and helping other entrepreneurs find their legs. So we're going to bring you to the table with some pretty unique individuals that'll be hearing your ideas. And then we have three big awards, 5,000, 3,000 and 2,000 to give away that night um, in Duluth. So it's, it's pretty exciting. It's a lot of fun for us. It's all new territory, of course, but I feel like we have the right partners at the table to do it really well. Yeah, it's, it, it is really exciting and full disclosure for our listeners. So Nick Teets was a podcast guest, I believe last year. Uh, on this podcast. And so if people want to uh, hear more about ILT, they can go back uh, a little bit in our in our episode list and click on the, the Nick Teets podcast. Um, and then I'm also an advisor for ILT Academy. So it's a little bit like the home team kind of talking about uh, our, our, our own players and stuff. But um, I do think that the, their, their vision um, is all about the under underestimated entrepreneur. So those individuals that um, maybe have been either ignored, overlooked, and their ideas are still out there, we we want to figure out how we're elevating those ideas and elevating those people and and trying to create actual tangible businesses out of those because that would lead to jobs, it would lead to economic development. So um, so what what did you say that you said the rink the rink um, when is that right. exactly the showcase? The rink is on Tuesday, December 14th. It takes okay. place in yeah. Duluth at Clyde Ironworks. So the cool part is, let's say you're just kind of forging into this place where you're, you're not super comfortable. You're not quite ready to pitch. You can sign up and come and just watch. You know, cool. I imagine it. If you if you think about like a shark tank, you can show up. But right now it's still open until this. I believe it's open until the end of this week where you can still bring your idea in. So if you go to Innovate 218 or I'm sorry, itaskadv.org and go to our Innovate 218 page, there's a link to submit your idea. And we'll be going through those ideas next week. People will know. And we're only bringing five finalists to the competition. Um, but the cool part is we're inviting the other idea submitters to come to the actual event and have their own table so they can also talk about their idea with people that are attending the event. So we're trying to really provide this avenue for, for these folks to come and pitch their idea and talk about kind of what they have going on. So yeah, super exciting. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit about IEDC with regard to um, larger scale projects and um, attracting them to our region. So you are actively involved in that with all sorts of different other entities like Minnesota Power, like Apex. Right. Um, you know, talk, I, I know you oftentimes can't give details and, and name 
company names and things like that. But can you talk a little bit about your role and your team's role in that? Right, right. So I think, again, the unique thing about IEDC is that even though it says ITASCA in our name, we are not a government organization. We're a private nonprofit. So what that allows us to do are some unique things that government agencies can't always do. And it's not that they're illegal. That's not that's not the point. <laughs> but we can roll out a bit more of a red carpet when a business comes along and try to really cater to them and ensure that they're getting what they need and, and we can get them to the finish line. So, you know, most recently, we played uh, a really instrumental part in this Huber deal. So Huber Wood engineered Huber engineered woods that's coming to Cohasset. Huge um, opportunity for our region. Really important to the wood products industry. It's I could I could go down that rabbit hole for a long time, so I won't do that. But we've you know we've suffered for a long time from the loss of various paper mills and various paper or wood industry related manufacturers. And so that really does a number on our logging industry and certainly on our management of our forests in Minnesota, which if you look westward and you see what happens with unmanaged forests, it can be really detrimental. So we focus a lot on trying to recruit in that sector and thankful to Minnesota Power and IRRR and the state for bringing Huber Engineered Woods to our region. Um, you know, most people by now know that Cohasset and Itasca County is home to one of the last coal-fired power plants in the state. Um, we know the state has their eyes on Cohasset and, and really has interest in, in decommissioning that site. And Minnesota Power has put together a plan that has that decommission in between nine and 15 years proposed right now. So we know there's a, a big sort of cliff coming for Itasca County, a big loss of tax income both for the county, the city, the school district. It's a huge deal for us. And so bringing Huber to the table and having those 150 jobs, uh, direct jobs with three to 450 more indirect jobs is huge for us. Um, and so IADC got to go and be a part of it. We, we did some land acquisitions prior to anything being public. Um, we did some organization with engineering firms behind the scene, just trying to help the company as much as we could find the answers that they needed. Um, we really, we were the boots on the ground trying to, to figure out these little nuanced items, which was a lot of fun, um, pretty stressful, as you can imagine, one of the biggest deals that I'll probably ever see in my career for our, our community. Um, but getting that to the finish line has been just amazing. Now we have, you know, this sort of road of, of the, the, the permitting that we're going through and, and that's going to be a challenge, but, you know, we have, we have to showcase um, the importance of this project and by Huber's own words, like the environment and sustainability is critically important to them. And so I think that we have a good um, opportunity to bring a really uh, sound company into our state. And hopefully the, the folks that are working with them on the permitting will, will help them get to the finish line pretty quickly. Um, but Huber's just one. I mean, the other one that's so important to us right now, Trent, and this is one I, I like to think of as sort of my little child is the Big Fork project. We've we had a manufacturer in Big Fork for 20 plus years. Uh, Berquist, many people remember it as Berquist. It is a manufacturer that in our region, at one time, employed more than 120 employees. It was a big deal in a community that's less than 500, right? So really important um, uh, employer in the area, great benefits, really took care of its people. I mean, their longevity of workforce was, their tenure was around 15 to 17 years. So people went to work there and stayed. Um, so a couple of years ago, right as COVID was hitting, 
Um, the manufacturer that had bought out Berquist that was from Canada actually decided they were going to shut their doors. They had taken a big hit during COVID um, and they shifted all their production to other facilities. And during that time, ever since that time, we've been working just extremely hard, you know, with our partner Apex and our partners um, throughout the region to attract a new manufacturer to that location. It's a big building. Um, it has great opportunities in great shape. And the workforce is, is really looking for the opportunity to stay. Um, it's unfortunately what happens if you live in Big Fork, Minnesota, and you don't have an opportunity for employment there, you're driving anywhere from 40 to 50 miles to get to, you know, other employment opportunities. And what happens is people just don't stay. They, they leave those small communities and they become real ghost towns. And so uh, it's been just a huge endeavor. We worked with one organization from the region that was really close to the finish line. We went through a lot of uh, work with the state of Minnesota and their incentive programs. We went through work with IRRR and their incentive programs, partners at Great River Energy and North Itasca Electrical Co-op. I mean, we had worked and worked and worked with this company um, and then it fell through at the last minute. And so here we are, round two, we're at a similar place with a different company from a different part of Minnesota, um, looking to bring in uh, anywhere from 60 to 100 plus jobs in that location. And again, we're right there at the finish line. We've got this beautiful package of all our partners brought to the table of you know, incentives and loans and how we can help them. And really now it's in the hands of that company to decide whether or not they want to come. So my job's a lot like, you know, it can, you're always sitting on the edge of your birthday, right? Like, is tomorrow going to be my birthday? And I get to get this <laughs> awesome present or uh, oh, I'm going to wake up and there's going to be coal in my stocking. I just went from Christmas to birthday, birthday to Christmas, but yeah, it works. I think it's a good it, analogy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Those, those have to be a really challenging and be really re rewarding and sometimes see heartbreaking, you know? And so um, you know, kudos to you and your team for doing that. And, uh, you know, especially the, the, the Huber project, getting that across the finish line. Um, so here, here's a question for you. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, turn a little bit to your story. So the Tamara story, how the heck did you come to be the president of an economic development, private nonprofit? <laughs> Well, um, that if you would have asked me when I left Hill City, um, so I grew up in Hill City, well, uh, openness, and I live in Hill City today, which is kind of interesting because the last thing I ever wanted to do was live in Hill City when I was 19 and heading out the door. So I, I really had a lot of interest in learning and seeing the world. And so I spent 15, 18 years working for a company called Aramark. And I worked in hospitality management and leadership from Alaska to China. I worked um, in hotels in the U.S. And then I worked abroad at the uh, 2008 Beijing Olympics and led the International Broadcast Center. And then I worked in 2010 in the Asian Games in Southeast China. And then I worked again in London in 2012 and um, ran the Sailing Village um, in Weymouth and Portland. So really exciting career opportunities. I was all over the world. I've, I've been to close to 40 countries and really loved being able to do that. But I was fortunate in that I grew up with a really solid foundation. Um, my family's from this region. My, you know, my grandfather worked in the mines and my father was a logger. So I have a lot of really local ties. And so when I came back to Minnesota, 
um, I realized that hospitality was just a career that was um, super difficult, right? It was a, a great career for me to do what I wanted to do and travel. But when I came home and I wanted to really raise a family, I thought it's time to do something different. And I actually am one of those returners to school. I came back to Minnesota. I, I went to work um, temporary and, and went back to school at Bemidji State and, and I got my bachelor's degree and it, really within a month after graduating, started working for the uh, Apex Group, which is um, based out of Duluth, but they had a person here in Grand Rapids. And so I started working in the Grand Rapids office here in 2015 um, with Apex. So we were you know, focused on attraction and business retention as a part of IEDC. And then I got to work in the rest of the region. And it was literally, Trent, it was the first time in my entire career where I thought, oh my gosh, like this is actually doing what I've always wanted to do, which is give back to my community and really meaningful ways. It's not just, I'm going to a fundraiser and I'm, you know, serving pancakes at, at the church dinner, you know, or the church breakfast. I'm, I'm actually doing meaningful things that could mean jobs and could mean better jobs for, for people that live here. And so I feel like in that, in that moment, it really took a turn for me from it's just a job to, wow, this is, this is so cool. I feel like I can, I can grow in this role. And then in 2019, um, the position at IEDC came open and I had thought for a long time how I had so many ideas about what I would do if I were in that chair, right? Well, I would, you know, I would go out and I would really grow the presence of our organization because one of the challenges, and you know, this too, is people don't know who we are. How do we get the word out? I mean, we have all these services that are not, they're free, right? You can come in and someone can walk you through a business plan for free, but people were just unaware. And so we knew we had a lot of work to do um, in trying to bring our presence up. And I think when, when I came into this role, the passion that came with it and this purpose, this driving purpose to like do more and be more um, really came with me. And a lot of that was through, you know, my entire life was, was one where I always worked and I was always committed to trying to, to better myself in the process. And so like right now I'm, I'm uh, doing all these things at IEDC, which is super cool, but I'm also trying to get my master's at um, BSU. I'm back in the master's program there. And I feel like there are, um, there are pathways that we take as individuals where we can truly make a difference in the world. And Everyone has their impact in their own little sector, but when you find your niche, when you find that spot where you just feel like you're really doing the right thing for the right reasons at the right time, wow, it just makes such a difference. Um, and that's where I feel like I'm at right now. I have this amazing team that we've built up. When I started here, we had three of us. Now we have eight of us. Um, and we come together. We just had a retreat last week where we were really focused um, on team building. You know, what can I do to make you be your best self when you come to work? What can I do to help you understand what your responsibilities are and, and how to help this community? Um, and I just feel like we've we've grown together to serve this community in a unique way that hasn't been done from this organization in the past. And I'm not trying to be presumptuous in saying that, but I feel like this is where we are delivering something that that truly hasn't been there and can bring so much more um, to the table because our organization has had so many different missions in the past, right? Like we've every director's had their own personal goals. And I feel like today we're serving 
um, more of the community in different ways. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't I wouldn't be a, a good Minnesota State College and University uh, employee if I didn't celebrate the fact that you're a Bemidji State graduate, a current Bemidji State student, and doing all these great things in our region. So I, I think you know it, it goes without saying that we're we're lucky that you came back and we're we're excited that you're doing the work that you're doing because you do have a lot of clear sky ahead of you. Um, because like you said, there's, there's not a lot of, uh, folks engaged in your activity and the kind of sky's the limit for you. So, so thanks very much for, for doing that. Is there any, um, anything that we didn't touch on in terms of IEDC and making sure our, our, our audience, um, knows kind of the, the breadth and depth of what you guys are working on? Well, I think, you know, just the two last things that I want to talk about. Um, and I'll try not to get too far down the rabbit hole because one of them is very visionary. Um, we're, walk- we're working on an effort right now. We're calling the Spark, right, which is part of um, the Build Back Better Challenge grant that was put in by IRRR and Norspan and the partners um, this this quarter. Really, it's a a federal, um, com- you know, basically a competitive grant program where we could inject twenty five to seventy five million dollars in our region. And our piece of that pie, our piece of that puzzle is Itasca County is trying to start um, a, a digital economy sort of um, boom, if you will. So we have been working with a design firm. We've been working with partners. We've had studies done and we want to build a two story net zero net energy um net zero energy building um, right downtown in Grand Rapids that will feed into this sort of digital and uh, technology workforce. So we want to bring in, you know, things like virtual reality rooms and augmented reality. We want to look at having that complemented by our system within the schools that you're talking about and education, workforce development, but also this pod for bringing in those sort of high tech uh, entrepreneurs into the system as well. Um, and so that that's a really visionary piece. It's a, a really big project that we're super excited about because rural Minnesota just doesn't have a strong digital economy program, um, training and software development and code writing for high school students. I mean, we really want to take it from high school up through um, college through the partnerships that we have with the colleges. So that's a, a visionary in the long run We'd love more people to get involved and help us with it because it's obviously going to take us some time to get this done. But if we have the Build Back Better challenge and if we win that, that will be a huge first step for us to, to work on that piece. Um, that'd, be, that'd be great because I know one of the things we've been talking about for a while now is coding boot camps in the summer. And unfortunately, um, you know, we started to have some of those conversations about coding boot camps and, and uh and then COVID happened. And so then we started to think, okay, should we wait until this subsides a little bit? And so, so I, you know, certainly it goes without saying that I'd love to be a part of those conversations as you move forward. Definitely. I think that'd be great. I think, you know, we need all the resources we can get to have them at the table because our idea is hopefully to have sort of that hub and spoke model where we have something in Itasca, but it goes throughout the entire region because yeah. one of the big challenges, as you know, like getting experts in, in code writing and software development, it's extremely expensive and we're competing with major industry players here. So we have to work together to try to make this happen. Um, but yeah, so that's one big one. And then my last one, which has been my shoebox now for a while is this capacity issue within economic and workforce development. 
um, organizations and leaders. Um, and I think what, what happens, and, and this is in my case and the majority of my staff, is that the people think economic development or workforce development or these, these leadership jobs in our organizations, really ha you have to have tons of years of experience in those areas. But as I just said, you know, I spent 18 years in hospitality leadership. My SBDC consultant worked in manufacturing for years. He has a great story and, and understanding of manufacturers. It's a, a wonderful leg up for him. I've got someone else who's worked in, you know, basically done marketing with, or worked in childcare before she came in and, did, and now does our marketing. I think that the careers that we can encourage people to come into in economic and workforce development, there's so much you bring to the table when you have experience in other career paths. And I can't speak enough for, I've been trying to hit this one home with our partners for the last quarter or two quarters. We've got to start investing in capacity in economic development and small business development um, consultants and, and workers in this arena, because we're all so tight. And so if one person leaves their position and you know this Trent, like if you lose someone in economic development, it's a solid six months to a year before you start having someone in that role that can yeah. contribute and really have value. So we need to build our bench, right? We need to have um, a stronger bench. So I really encourage people, other career paths, if you're excited about the opportunities in workforce development or economic development to, to get involved and, um, and start to try to get involved in those career paths because they're really meaningful and, and they can really make a big difference in your community. So thank you very much for being on the podcast, Tamara. Um, I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say if you have any questions for Tamara, their website is itaskadv.org, itaskadv.org, so Itasca Development, itaskadv.org. <clears throat> also, if, if anybody's interested in being on this podcast, again, the, the goal of this podcast is to lift up organizations that are doing, organizations and people that are doing really good work in the, in the sector of uh, economic development, workforce development. It could be, you know, starting up a business. It could be all sorts of different things uh, that are contributing to our regional economy. So um, I'd love to have anybody on if they're interested in, uh, in, in talking a little bit. And so mainly as an awareness thing to try to get this out there to, to everybody. So everybody knows what the acronym IEDC is. Everybody knows what the acronym IRRR is. Everybody knows what Innovate 218 is. So that that's the goal. So Tamara Loney, thank you very much for being on the podcast this morning and look forward to connecting with you more on um, lots of these different projects. Thanks, Trent, for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Workforce One podcast. For more information about our work or to get in contact with any of our guests, please reach out to us via our website at www.advancedmn.org. That's www a-D-V-A-N-C-E-D-M-N dot org.